Hey everyone, what's up? It's your girl Nakia and welcome to the Fearless Kia Podcast. Hey everyone, what's up? It's your girl Fearless Kia. Welcome to another Fearless Friday. So quick life update for me. If you've seen, I recently was on the West Coast, the best coast, and had a time in my life. Okay, I think Something in the spirit is telling me I need to move west. I've been wanting to move to L.A. for a while, but, you know, it's not in God's plans for me right now. However, um, I did enjoy myself out there. I'm now back on the East Coast, and it looks like spring has finally arrived. Maybe skip the summer. I don't know, but we're going to have two hot days this weekend, so I'm excited about that. And right now, I'm just kind of locking in on a big project for me that, fingers crossed y'all it will be life changing for a positive um in a positive way so you know keep me in your prayers keep me in your thoughts and you know I'm gonna lock in and get it done but without further ado let's get into this week's podcast this week's guest is a 31 year old DMV native graduate of Howard University HU School of Law and Temple University Papa has spent the majority of of his career in the financial industry here in New York City Papa is of Ghanaian descent and has recently begun work geared towards his passion of development issues in Ghana. Additionally, Papa has recently begun working with entrepreneurs and startup companies to assist with business development. Papa is a proud member of Kappa Alpha Psi Fraternity Incorporated and currently resides in Brooklyn, New York. Everyone, welcome to the podcast, Papa. Hey, hey, hey. what's going on? He's also like my like big brother in New York, guys. Like this is like full circle for me. I've known Papa for what like five or six years mm-hmm, now. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Papa is who introduced me to Stuart, who was a previous guest on the show, and helped me kind of kickstart my career here in New York. So I'm forever grateful. Yep, yep, yep. Oh, thanks, Papa, thanks for having me. Thank you for coming. Absolutely, absolutely. So I usually like to start at the show with what is your deepest fear? Sure. Um, I would say my deepest fear by far is the idea of not finding fulfillment in life. Um, I just think that, you know, it's what we're all striving after. It's what we all wake up in the morning, whether we sort of acknowledge it or not. Fulfillment is what drives us. It's what motivates us. It's where we want to be. And, you know, many people walk through life without actually finding out what that is exactly. Um, Mm -hmm. Some people are born knowing exactly what it is. Um, and for those of us who don't know, uh, you know, we're out here every day trying to figure it out and trying to make sense of everything we do. So I would say walking through this life and not finding it would be, for me, uh, somewhat of a failure. Mm. Um, I think that fulfillment would be, you know, I, I think fulfillment has direct lineage to legacy. And without legacy, you know, you kind of, you know, what, what, what people remember you as, right? So. I think we're all born with it. We all have that magic inside of us, but we all have to search and search and search until, until we find it. And so for me, that's my biggest fear. Well, what, I mean, that's something very important too, just talking about like legacy and how that has tied to fulfillment and, work, and walking in your purpose. Do you feel like there was something that occurred that in your life, an incident or a situation that kind of triggered this type of fear or developed this fear over time? 
Yeah, definitely. Um, part of the reason why it's taken me so long to come here on this show is because the month of March was crazy. And part of the reason why the month of March was crazy is because I lost one of my best friends. Mm. Um, and I think um, through that experience, I learned a lot of things. But one of them was sort of to have uh, a sense of urgency and a sense of purpose with what it is that you have inside of you and to figure that thing out and to really, really hone in on that thing. We all have like a gift, right? And some of us know what it is, can you know work with it every day, and some of us can feel it, but never have really been able to sort of uh, turn it into something tangible. And I think that you know, my my friend who passed away was one of those people who knew exactly what his purpose was, who mm. knew exactly what fulfillment meant and looked like, and he could feel it, and he could taste it, and you know, it was a real thing for him. So, you know. He lived unapologetically, and I think that that's one thing that we should all sort of adopt um, to have that sense of urgency to live unapologetically and to just find your thing. So for me, um, although it was, you know, a very traumatic and tragic experience, mm-hmm. it taught me a lot. And um, right now I, I, I've been hitting the ground running with a lot of things, even in the last month, and all of that is due um, to and in memory in many ways of of my good friend so do you feel like right now in your life that you were in a state of fear when it came to certain um, projects or passions that you wanted to work on prior to your friend's death and now that that has shifted um, where is your mindset when it comes to fear and how you approach you know projects or life goals personal goals that you have um as you continue to grow like you're you're in your early 30s so don't age me i'm telling i'm just saying we ain't getting any younger (laughs) so how are you you know no but i mean that's a good point so you know i just turned 31 this past weekend um and you know like many of my peers i have a whole bunch of i'm trying us i'm trying us are basically things that you tell your friends that you're trying to do um but you're not actually executing on Mm. and those things um over time will start to weigh on you because you know you have the capability you know you have the skill set within you you know you have the community maybe the network all the tools around you but it's just a matter of you executing Mm. right um we let life we let things that may or may not actually even be um real factors kind of stand in our way as roadblocks sometimes and it's really it's really crazy because we all have these gifts inside of us like I said and what I believe is that if you have those gifts those gifts are meant to be shared with the world so Mm. you've got to find a way to like get away from the old I'm trying to mentality and move forward so for me I am getting older, you know, and, and it's kind of like you want to you start to look at timelines. You start to s- assess like how many more years until I get to a point where I, I don't even want to be working anymore. Right. If if that's the that's the mark. Right. Then I need to get on with my life plan. Five right. year, ten year and get past the whole, you know, uh, horse t- tied to the chair mentality. I don't know if anyone's ever seen that image, but it's a horse that's tied to a chair. That's very, very movable. But in the horse's mind, the horse believes that it can't move because it's bound. Mm. And so there are, you know, in life, we have a lot of those factors, whether it's your job, whether it's paying your student loans, whether it's, you know, relocating, whatever. You know, sometimes you really have to say, you know, what do I really want? Can I make it happen? If so, then just do it. Why why not? I mean, life is so precious. That's another thing I've learned. If you don't do it now, when are you going to do it? And 
the last thing you want is to see someone else doing what you feel like you've always wanted to do and that you've been capable of doing, but never just took the leap of faith to do. How do you get unbound from those factors of, oh, I don't have the skill set or, oh, I've been, you know, in this industry for so long and I'm trying to transition into this industry, but I, I know I know I'm capable of doing it to your point with the I'm trying to do something, but it's like you don't have all the necessary pieces to really bring it all together. Yeah, I mean, to that, like, look, it's kind of like, <laughs> I don't even want to open this can of worms, but, <laughs> you know, guys often say they don't want to settle down until they have all their, can I, can I curse on this? Yes. Until they have all, <laughs> Everybody does that. Guys always say they don't want to get married until they have their shit together. Well, the news flash and the reality is there's no actual point that you strike and meet where you have all your shit together, right? Same thing with this. In life, I, I just believe that sometimes the only way you'll know how cold the water is is if you just jump in the pool. A lot of times we mm. have the skills that we need to at least get things started. And then you might have a network of people that you can leverage to help you with the tools that you don't have. But you have to start. You know, you have to start to put things in motion. You have to start to do your research. You can't wait until that moment miraculously drops into your lap because quite frankly, that's not always the reality, right? Um, if you're a person of, of faith, you have to pray on it. You know, you have to, like, walk in your purpose. But I think, you know, more than anything is just saying to yourself, this is what I want to do. If you've, if you've been able to identify what you actually want to do, you've already actually beat half of everyone else because most people are still trying to find an idea. Right. You know, and 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 praying every night that they could get an idea. If you have an idea and you have, I would say, 50, even 50% of the skill set, then you need to just go after it, you know, and figure it out. This is New York. Everyone here is a brand, and everyone here is faking it until they make it. Okay. Like, there's no one here Speak who on has it. it all together. But there are people here who step out there and have the courage, then all of a sudden they get people believing and buying into what it is that they're doing. And over time, you get better. You just continue to sharpen your knives. And, and I think that... Um, if you do that, you'll 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 be in a better position. You'll be happier with yourself than if you just wait until this fictitious moment to come your way. You know, so, right. Yeah. So in in even talking about the fact that like you know there are a lot of people who step out there or put themselves out there. Let's talk about you know confidence, how confidence plays a role, and as well as belief. I think those are two words that you um, that I'm pulling out from what you're mm -hmm. saying. Where those two skill sets are not something that come naturally to everyone uh for you you have um you started in the financial industry you left new york went back mm -hmm. to dc mm -hmm. got a law degree came mm -hmm. back to new york and even transitioning back to new york wasn't easy so let's talk about how was that journey for you to have enough confidence and belief in knowing all right i want to go to law school i want to get this law degree i yeah. know that i can walk away from new york because a lot of people are afraid to leave new york mm -hmm. and think that they can you know and think that they're not able to come back at yeah. the same level in the same place of, in the pace that they were at when they were originally here but I would love for you to delve into that journey and and, and why you decided to leave and taking a leap of faith on yourself yeah and the belief the vision that you had to know that like okay I have to make this movement mm -hmm. I have to step away from this environment in order to come back and be that much more full right and be able to pour into like the businesses and the vision that you have sure so one thing about myself that I didn't fully appreciate, even though I've always known it deep down inside, is that, and, and it's also something that I've come to terms with 
recently um i'm just naturally like a connector right my my like you said earlier i connected you with Stu. like you know these are things that i just naturally know how to do right and i've always seen that within our community we don't always have the best sense of community right Mm. a lot of us have a crab in the barrel mentality a lot of us are not interested in helping you know the next man get to where they need to be but for me i always felt that you know our pot only gets bigger when we do help each other right so when i was coming out of the financial industry after three years um on wall street i knew that the next step for me wasn't going to be you know me trying to like climb the corporate ladder to get another job what i really wanted was a degree that would help me to help people right Mm -hmm. so it had to be service oriented so i was torn you know i was torn i was like do i get an mba do i go to law school what i want to do um and and the law degree made the most sense to me because it would allow me to provide a service Mm -hmm. right and that service would ultimately be for me at that time it was really about trying to find a way to align myself with being able to you know do some work on the continent meaning africa of course um and then also helping like black businesses here in the states to sort of develop themselves so it made sense to me to go to law school to help. It, it, I mean, truth be told, everyone knows the, the old story. Our people have kind of been exploited in our talents and our gifts for years. When it comes to contracts, when it comes to negotiations, we're not comfortable sitting at the table. We're not sharp when we're sitting at the table in, in, in many ways. And, and, and over years, people have just been exploited. And I wanted to make sure that I could, you know, use my acumen to, like, represent people who look like me, who, you know, are getting these opportunities, but maybe not getting what they deserve out of them. So I did, I took the leap of faith. I, I decided that, you know, I wanted to be an advocate. I want to be a lawyer. Um, so for me, if I was going to be a lawyer and I wanted to help black people, where, where best to go than to the Mecca, right? right. So <laughs> <laughs> shout out to anybody who's listening who um, went to HU. Um, we were a little bit off campus, but it's still HU. Um, <laughs> So part of the reason why I went there was that the other part of the reason is everyone else in my family went to Howard for something. My dad taught there. My siblings went there. My mom went there for grad school. So in order for me to be able to speak at the table at Thanksgiving, I felt like I needed to, you know. They were like, you went to Temple and we let you have that, baby. Yeah, (laughs) Yeah, so, you know, I did that. Now, now, you know, I am back in finance, but I'm working in in a different capacity, but slowly but surely what I'm doing on the side is sort of the things that you kind of alluded to in the um, intro. Uh, I ha- my family has moved back to Ghana, and so I've been back and forth recently trying to do a l- couple of projects here and there um, just to really get acclimated to what uh, the climate is like there in terms of business, in terms of opportunities. Um, and then here, I've uh, been working with a few call it creatives, call it designers who are, you know, doing things and have been doing really big things in the industry for some time, but really needed some organizational and business structure to what they were doing. To me, you know, I was talking about fulfillment earlier. To me, that I think that is the fulfillment, right? Like being right. able to say, I'm using my skill set to help friends. I'm he- using my skill set to help people who I believe in. I'm giving back to the continent to help on development issues. I mean, to me, it doesn't really get better than that. So um yeah that was why i did it it you know the master plan that look <laughs> what i just gave you was the instagram version of of my life you know, <laughs> it, best foot forward it's definitely there were definitely a lot of bumps in the road still bumps in the road and a lot of hurdles but 
I think slowly but surely we're getting to where we want to be. How did you uh, get over those bumps in the road? So just give us an example, kind of one bump in the road that occurred and how you kind of moved beyond that and kept pushing forward. Because I think it's hard when you, uh, and this is something that I think I brought up in a previous podcast, I think it's hard when you continue to either hear no all the time or, you know, you know you want to do something, but you things are not transferable for people to see it clearly to bring you in on on board uh, to really see your vision come to life what are some things that as an individual you can do to kind of continue to push yourself forward and get over those kind of bumps and those hurdles yeah I mean for me I would say um, it's the poison of comparing yourself to others mm. um, you know, when I look at a lot of my peers who were at the same level that I was at before I went back to school and then I look at where I am now, not to say that I'm like not where I want to be. Um, I think I'm on path to where I want to go. I, I actually enjoy what I do and where I'm going. But sometimes you just look at, you know, like, wow, this guy's been promoted 10 times and look where he is now. And then it's like, oh, wow, this guy's gone off to do these great things. But at the end of the day, if you know what you're interested in, if you know what you like, then a lot of the, that outside noise is just noise. Right. right. It's just the, the hurdle is getting to that point where you actually really believe in what you're trying to do and you have a, you have a high level of conviction in your plan. Mm. And when you have that, then you're able to say, you know what, I have blinders to the rest of the world and I'm focused and I'm zeroed in on what I'm trying to do. And it took me a while to get to that point because – you know, coming out of law school, my original plan was to work for like a big law firm mm -hmm. and I didn't get the opportunities I wanted right out of school um, in a big law firm setting. But then when I look back on it in hindsight, I'm like, if I got into a big law firm, I probably would get swallowed and get comfortable and stay there and not reach out to do the things that I'm trying to do. So, you know, where I am now is a big financial firm, which I'm more comfortable in, which allows me to see some of the transactional work that. I actually would like to do um, going forward. And so, you know, I'm able, it's kind of like, you know, it's a grass is always greener on the other side kind of thing. But when you really think about what you're blessed with and what you have right now, like I said earlier, you ha you're always you're always positioned where you need to be. I'm a firm believer of that. Mm. You just have to open your eyes and, and assess it. You know, you might think that, damn, I want more. I, I, I want to, you know, I want to be in this position. Oh my God, this guy's buying a house, you know, like, I'm 31, like I said, people are getting married, buying houses, having kids, right? That stuff will all come in, in time and when, it, when it's supposed to happen. But you have to firmly believe in what it is that is your mission, where you're going, what you're trying to accomplish. And then the rest, just like I said, becomes noise. Yeah. So I just want to transition a little bit um, and talk to you about kind of manhood. Mm. Um, for you, how do you define yourself as a man? Number one, and first and foremost, God-fearing. I don't, there's no way that I would be even a sane person right now if I hadn't developed and overdeveloped and redeveloped my relationship with God. Like, it's a very, it's the hallmark of who I am. It's what I strive to be every day, to live a God-like life. It's difficult, but we all, I mean, for me, we all fall short, right? So, like, it's its really just trying to, like, develop myself and understand the word, understand who I am within it, that's, that's been number one, right? Then it's like principles. So you grow up, I grew up in an African household, obviously, everyone spoke in Proverbs. So it's kind of like, you know, you, you abide by those things and you, you, you also 
take heed to the fact that your parents came from a different country and bust their butt to get you to where you were despite all of the social economic challenges that they had to you know endure while they've been here put you in this position right so now what do you do with the position you have to win right there's no there's no like for me at least there's no being comfortable you know mm. there's no not making it you know you have to make it because there are people who have suffered for you and not to say that no one else has suffered in this country or in this world or whatever but i just always think about my parents journey my dad <laughs> my dad's story is amazing to me i mean he came here as a student had nothing was scrubbing toilets at a country club worked his way through supporting himself to make to get to a phd ended up becoming a professor um taught at howard for a number of years and then ended up getting called back to ghana to um work in a up-and-coming political party mm. so much so that now my dad is the minister of planning in ghana minister of planning is essentially uh like the secretary of economic development here mm. right so when i look at what he's accomplished there's really no excuse for me to to you know with the resources i was born into to ever complain about anything to ever not strive to give my all so when i think about manhood i think about that right then i think about my mom who's this like extremely loving caring person right not my dad not to say my dad's not but my dad and my mom are like two when it comes to emotions are complete polar opposites mm -hmm. right and i think i've taken a bit from both of them so my mom is the matriarch, right? She's held it down. She's, she's, you know, she's everything, right? Um, and so as a man, I think I've been able to not only take the level of seriousness and accomplishment from my dad, but I've always been able to tap into my emotions as a man, too, right. um, for my mom. And that's one thing I think um, society kind of makes difficult for a lot of young men is to really like understand your emotions and understand that they're real and they're valid mm. and to really be able to express them in ways that are meaningful. And so, you know, overall, I think that's where I am. You know, a product of my parents, a guy who's trying to walk in faith. Um, and then the guy that's just trying to help, uh, you know, like friends and people who, who need it to get to where they want, especially the ones that you believe in. So like, that's, that's where I am right now. Just positivity and everything, man. I don't have time for anything that is not moving forward or positive or, you know, just, you know, something that we can be proud of. That's that's what I'm about right now. Yeah. Well, as a man of achievement, <laughs> see what I did there. <laughs> Sprinkle it Sprinkle in there. Sprinkle that in there, you know. How has, how have you played an integral role within your brotherhood? Um, or within the men that you have as your friends within your life to help to your point where you're talking about a lot of men don't really acknowledge their feelings or really address, you know, that emotional side or the yeah. side that you're taught as a man that like, no, you got to be strong. Yeah. You got to be the provider. Yeah. You got to, you know, there's a certain, there are certain things that society has put, particularly on a black man of how um, you should be, you yeah. know, what manhood looks like. How have you tried to, uh, dispel some of those things and also encourage you know your brotherhood and your friends to embrace that side and and understand that it only elevates you as yes. a man yeah no um so again you know just going back to you know a recent loss you know uh, and i hope if 
my friends hear this, they forgive me for telling this story. But like, um, when we were having the vigil for my buddy that passed, you know, one thing that was mentioned by his brother was that, you know, it wasn't until this past Christmas, after 30 years, that he told his own brother that he loved him, mm. right? Because like you said, we're built to not express outwardly, um, you know, those types of emotions. Those, those types of emotions have always equated to weakness, especially within the black community. Um, and it's and it's very detrimental. Mm-hmm. It's very detrimental in the sense that we need the love and compassion and support of our brothers because we're you know, look right now we're in a very critical space. We're being hunted, we're being incarcerated, we're being told that we can't, that we're not enough, we're being denied. If we're not loving each other and supporting each other the way we should, then who will? Right. Right. And it's been happening for too long. So like for me. A lot of my friends, my closest friends, you know, we've all taken it upon ourselves to, like, break those kind of walls and barriers within our circle. And, like, you know, telling my buddies I love you, telling my boys I love you is not out of the norm anymore. Those right. are things that we just normally do now because cause it's real. You know, like, the, me personally, I have a ton of half-siblings, right? I'm my parents' only child. Okay. So my friends, my boys took the role of my brothers growing up because I've known the majority of my closest friends since I was a very young kid. So what we have is love. You know what I mean? It's not like anything uh, fake or, you know, we're not just saying it just to say it and just it's real. And I think that the more we express that, the more it'll open up doors for us and be able to see each other on different levels uh, than we did before. Yeah. With you having your brotherhood, with you understanding your manhood, um, how do you take that information and then put it into your work of to your point of being not or to to your point of living a fulfilled life and making sure yeah. that you're walking in your purpose? How do you spread that into your your business aspects when it comes to your workplace, when it comes to your passion project, when it comes to anybody that encounters you that may not know you? You mm-hmm. know, how do you continue to? emit that vibe off to others that yeah. are entering your space. Yeah, I think I think it comes natural. Like, if you really believe in that and that's sort of the theme of your life, it'll sort of transcend into whatever it is and manifest into whatever it is you do, into, the, into your work product, I like to believe. So, for example, the reason why I'm sort of doing what I'm doing now um, with both, you know, some of these creatives that I'm working with who just happen to be some of my friends and mm-hmm. some of the development things that I'm working on is because I actually care about it. Like, it's not, for me, it's not about money. It's not about doing things um, just to get something out of it. What I get out of it is the fact that my friends or certain people uh, benefit. You know, they, right. they live, they, they get to a better place than they were before we started working. So I think when people see that, when, when you when you leave that mark on whatever it is you're doing, people then know, okay, you know, this was done, you know, out of the kindness of his heart. This was done because he wanted to. And I think your work product becomes better when you start to do things uh, with passion behind it because then it's like not work anymore. It's it's what you wanted to do. Right. Um, and so I, I think, you know, believing in what you're about, making it the theme of what you do are, are the two critical pieces. So in transitioning with believing what you're about yeah, um, and putting that into the work that you do, 
let's talk about kind of the personal you know, aspect, you know, right. some love and happiness, right. you know, I like to, right. to get into that field, that, that arena with mm-hmm. all of my mm-hmm. guests mm-hmm. to talk about like your personal pursuits of happiness and where you envision like your life when it comes to outside of work. So as yeah. far as families and love and, um, the type of environments you want to build for yourself, what does that look like for you? Hmm. Um, I think I've always, uh, been a family man, um, since I was a kid. I've always wanted to have, uh, I think it, I think it used to be four kids. Then it went down to like three, then two, then it went back up to four maybe last week. So, Damn. Uh, yeah. Okay. Just, Finances yeah. must be in order. Okay. Yeah, we, we, mm-hmm. We're doing all right. We're doing all right <laughs> over here. Um, no, nah, but I mean, I think, um. Family is family is everything to me. Um, whether it's nuclear or extended or whatever, I just really like the sense of community. I like being able to, you know, have a close set of people that you can be yourself with, um, that are judgment free, um, that understand you, etc. So I, you know, within the next couple of years, you know, that's 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 where I'm headed. Couple as in like two, three. We talking about you know because you are cause Papa is in a relationship. Yeah. You've been in a relationship for a while. Well, she listens to this, so I can't reveal all of the all of the secrets because they might be plans embedded in. I, I ain't gonna mess up the plans. You know, I ain't so, gonna mess up the plans. But, but, yeah, but you know, for sure. I mean, it. it I will be a family man. Um, sooner rather than later. We're gonna put that in. We're gonna put that in the air. Yeah. So speaking of your relationship, you've been in a relationship for a while, mm-hmm. um, and a a, a big thing I feel like in our community between black black women and, mm-hmm. and black men is you know level of commi- commitment right yeah, this, this yeah, thing of yeah. commitment and so what uh drew you to your uh girlfriend and what made you decide to be like I want to be in a, this commitment you yeah. know and I'm not I mean, no, this is no shade I'm not trying to put this on anyone else but I'm not trying to be in these streets you yeah, know yeah, yeah. just trying to like see what else is out there you know, wage my bets, you yeah, know, yeah. What, what made you be like, this is the one? Wow. Um, so I think the number one thing was kind of similar to what I said before. When you meet someone who sort of allow, like gets you on a certain level that allows you to be able to just put your guard down and be who you are, be authentic and be able to share ideas and, um, you know, just be yourself with, it's very comforting. You know, you someone that you get to speak to every day and understands what you're going through and maybe even is going through the same thing that you are at the same time mm. is, is just an amazing soundboard to have. And to be able to be, you know, for every, be able to have this person to be your significant other is even more of a blessing because you actually get to walk the, you know, the journey together. Right. Um, I think that, you know, in my relationship, it, it's just been great because we had so much in common in terms of our upbringing. A lot of that really, really matters. Um, I'm not saying that you, should, you shouldn't you should ever date someone who doesn't have the same upbringing as you, but it's a lot easier when you're talking to someone and you're dating them and you live in a different state and they understand what mambo sauce is and go-go and <laughs> they have parents who are foreign as well, so they understand if your house smells like fish. Or, and, and, you know, just little things like that. Sometimes, you know, you really need that comfort because it's easier it's easier to just like get things and move forward um relationships are are hard they're not 
it's it's work, you know, like you 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 constantly have to find ways to renew things, you know, keep things fresh. Um, and that takes effort. And so you, you you can't get lazy. And we all you know, we all do. You know, it's not it's not like everyone's perfect. You're not going to have every day is not going to be peachy. But every day that it's not peachy, it's still worth it because the mm. person that you're with is worth it. You know, so. I'm scoring so many points right now. So <laughs> I think, you know, over time, you, you just have to realize that you can be to your to your other point about being in the streets. It's kind of like, you know, I was in New York very young with a little bit of money in my pocket and was rolling around in these streets. Like, <laughs> just like we were everywhere. Like I had a nice little squad and we would just go everywhere and we were doing all types of things. And after a while, like if you are someone who has a vision for yourself and you feel like you have some purpose in this world, that stuff gets old. You know what I mean? And then if you are someone who has any kind of heart, you don't want to be the guy that's continuously playing with other people's hearts. Mm. It's just not, I mean, to me, it just doesn't, it's just, I always just think like, what if somebody did that to my mother? What if somebody did that to my sister, my Future cousin? daughter. Yeah, and in many ways, I've seen that happen to a lot of my sisters, you know, like a lot of females that I know. And to me, when they tell me their experiences, it's kind of just like, yeah, you know, let me just, let me just. He talking about me, I, y'all. But <laughs> <laughs> not just, not just. You know, he's talking about me. Know. It's okay, you know. Yeah. So for me, you know, it, it just, it just, it's expensive, you know, <laughs> in the streets like that. But, you know, like, yeah, I, I think I just, I just know that when, when you find the one, when you're blessed with the right person in your life, something triggers and you have to decide at that point if you're mature enough for the calling hey am i gonna settle or am i gonna allow this blessing to pass by if you allow it to pass by you have to live with the reality that it might be gone forever and that was one thing that once we started dating i was like i've never met someone who's allowed me to step out of my comfort zone so much and expose me to things i've never seen before and had the confidence in me to say you should try this you should try that like, I never had someone push me like that. I was dating a lot of people, and it was just like, you know, dating. It wasn't, it was, not to say that it was, like, dry or anything, but it was just, there wasn't much more to it. Right. And then you meet someone who, who, who is pushing you, who's relatable, and, 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 you know, from back home, it was just, it was just, you know, it was a wrap for everything else. And, you know, I, Since then, it. he's been locked down. Yeah. Hey, man, why don't you do it? Let this be an example to any fellas that are listening out there. They're going to hate me, man. They're going to hate me. Lord, no. I mean, but look, in, in, in the defense of men, especially guys who feel like they have it somewhat together, I do understand how difficult it can be to say, I'm going to settle down. Because in many situations, you know, you do have control over everything that you, you have control over the moment in many regards. And to have that power and be young, it's kind of difficult to convince somebody to, to like just forget about it and just like settle down because settling down, if you don't understand the concept of it, if you haven't met the right person, it doesn't make sense to most people. There's a fear of settling down with the wrong person yeah. versus committing to the right person. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's what I think that for men, for them, they're like, if you don't know, like you know, you said something triggers and you had, you knew. That's one thing. But for a lot of men, they just don't know. It's like I have this great person in front of me, but I don't yeah. know if that's yeah, there was the, the, not the one, but, like, the one I should be, like, all right, I'm going off the market. 
Y'all, it's been real. Yeah. You know, I'm and good. Look, there was an interesting, um, like, article or whatever going around, I think, last week about, you know, guys don't necessarily end up marrying the one that they love the most, but they marry the one that's around when they're ready to settle down. Yes, it was on, like, Instagram or yeah. something. And, and look, that is dangerous. <laughs> you know, first of all, marriage is a social contract, right? And it's a it's probably the most important investment in your life if you look at it from a financial perspective. Come right? on. So if you are going to get into a deal or a transaction with someone who you are not 100% about, then you are a fool. <laughs> you know, you didn't do your diligence, you know, because... You do your research. Yeah, you ain't doing no background check. And that is dangerous. That has, you know, you go down the road, you start, you know amassing different assets you have kids coming in the picture and you still are not 100% sold that's dangerous you are walking into an explosion at some point and that's probably why the divorce rate in this country is where it is hi you know so these are things you got to think about so to that point if you do meet as a man meet someone who you know checks off maybe 90% of the boxes for you and, and you just feel something that makes up for that 10, then you might want to really consider just saying, you know what, that's it. Because if I let this pass by, who knows if I'm going to get this spark from someone again ever later on. Exactly. But y'all got to also stop forcing that issue too and stop believing that y'all everybody's spark. Because sometimes that Ooh, person might not be the best child. person for you. you. You know what I'm saying? You got to think about it from the other way too. Like, is this guy really who I would want to be with? That's a good point. But then there's also that point of like, which I had to, to your point, that's mm-hmm. the moment I had to take a step back and be like, you know, does this person deserve what you're giving? You're yeah. giving spark, light, all this stuff. Yeah. And they ain't done nothing to deserve no. all of that from you. So what you're doing is you're showing, I don't like to say wifey qualities, but you're showing, you know, qualities to someone who is not ready to receive them yeah they're like i'll take advantage of them because shit who the fuck yeah. i mean you giving you giving it to me i'm not gonna say no and that's not in a physical standpoint that's an emotional mental you know spiritual aspect but it's like i'm still gonna be out in these streets you have to really have some some self-awareness and understand what you want so that when you meet these guys is like, nah, I could, I know what I could give you, but you're not worth me giving that to you. And, and I think, you know, it's almost like, you know, the burden is almost, un- it is unfair because to your point, now you have to sort of shut down your level of vulnerability. Mm. And now you're, you, you can't be who you naturally are because you have to protect yourself. Because if someone, you know, a lot of guys realize, oh yeah, she's gonna hold me down. Just she's, you know, she's wifey type, but his joker ass ain't ready and now he's taking you along and, and stringing you along, thinking that there's a possibility of what he knows that you're interested in just to, like, play around. And that's not fair. No. You know what I mean? And so, you know, I get it on both sides now. Um, but I don't know. I, I, I don't think there's there's no solution. There's it's, no answer. It's literally, like, women are out here playing checkers and men are out here playing chess. Yeah. And it's like, God damn. Like, <laughs> we think it's so yeah. easy as a drop no, here, right now. And no. it's like... It's a yeah. little bit more complicated to get to the queen type, you know, level. But I do think that, you know, having I, I told I said this to uh, Cam. He was on one of my other 
one of my guests on my podcast that like there has been a tide that has shifted. Mm. I don't know if it's like the influence of music or you know Jay Z dropped four 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 and now all the guys want to get their lives together <laughs> and be committed and claim down. But I do see the shift between just the music having you know four 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 to having Black Panther to having these yeah. different images and depictions yeah. of community loving black women yeah. loving your you know standing by black men and having that kind of love that hasn't been displayed prior to us us in our generation growing yeah. up now we're seeing it even more and bringing that back in this whole you know self-love epidemic that's going on i do think that it has shifted the tide and understanding that what we used to place value on um has changed yeah so the streets may not be it, you know, anymore, depending on where you at in your yeah, life, you know. Yeah, and it does take time and age and experience to see that and open your eyes to it. But, you know, I'm gonna tell y'all, when I was watching the Black Love documentary on own, I was like, there was a there was a couple and they were saying one of the he was a doctor, a black doctor, he was saying like young people don't understand now, but your health matters. Like mm. your this this bond that you have with someone else matters. This yeah. family that you're building matters. All that other stuff yeah. you're doing, yeah. uh, you know, ripping and running, yeah. doing all the things, it, it doesn't mean anything to your point going back to, you know, the loss of your best friend. Like, when it's all said and done and you, you know, lay it down and, and you know, rest in peace, like, what are you leaving as your legacy? Right, right, what right. did you, did you live a full fulfilled life mm -hmm. and so i guess my next question to you is are you happy right now yeah yeah um right now i'm happy um i think for the first time ever a lot of things are very clear to me mm. um and that is what i've always wanted you know i i remember being younger and just kind of like praying for clarity Mm. on things and you know there were there was a time where things were like very hazy like what do you really want to do why are you even in school right now why why did you choose this path you know and sometimes you kind of have to like walk in the darkness hold your hand out and just kind of like trust that whatever you believe in is going to guide you to where you're going and when you have that faith in it like by the time you get through it you start to see things shift you know you put your best foot forward obviously and have that faith and you see that things start to shift, you know, and things start to work out for you. Deals start to come, start to get breaks, you know, like things happen. Um, and so for me, I've really realized what I value the most, and that is family, community, you know, uh, being able to help people. And I've really embraced that and owned it. And I think that's why I'm happy. Mm. There were times when I was not happy. There were times when I thought I could I could have done more, that I made bad decisions that you know I, you know entrusted my life and 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 my future with the wrong people um aligned myself with the wrong people and you know you start to beat yourself up over those things mm. um and it, it's it's just not necessary because what means the most is what's right in front of you right now and so for me now that things are a lot more clear now that i'm looking into my 30s and you know there's like so, somewhat of a road map I think I'm happy. It's just about execution at this point. So, execution, yeah. yes. So, in wrapping up the episode, I just want to ask you as far as as you're going on to continue your roadmap and your pursuit of happiness, what are some guiding principles that you have at the forefront to continue to push you towards 
uh, living a fulfilled life versus falling into falling back into your fear. Yeah, number one for sure is protect your peace. Ooh. Um, <laughs> your peace of mind is invaluable, and if you allow anything that doesn't deserve or has not, you know, <laughs> doesn't have right to take away or disrupt your peace then you need to reevaluate yourself in this situation you own your peace you determine when you're happy you determine what's going on you have to have control of that period so protect your peace um i would say forgive Mm. forgiveness is very important like you got to be able to get to a point where you you can move on in your life because you've been able to put certain things aside I'm not saying forget them because it's always important to remember who did you wrong so that you don't allow that person to do you wrong again. But you have to forgive because if you don't forgive, it's kind of like if you're clenching your, your, your fist, right? For like, let's say you just clenched your fist for 30 seconds, right? And you're holding it. And as you clench harder and harder and harder, what? It hurts, mm-hmm. right? But as soon as you let go, immediately it feels better, mm-hmm. right? Immediately you've let go of that stress, that pain, um, whatever it was. You remember what it feels like, so you won't clinch it again. But you can move on now because you know that that is behind you. You gotta forgive. Um, save your money. Um, like be, <laughs> like li- like listen. We don't have generational wealth. In I our need community, I right? need to save major money. We don't have generational wealth, and if you really ever just like go to your bank account online and take the Excel spreadsheet out and look at what you're spending on. And you tally up those things that you think that you shouldn't have spent on, and you get the sum of those that number. You probably could have used that to invest in something else in your life that you actually need. So think about those things. Just like how do I manage my money? Because we have to get to a point where we're able to like pass on generational wealth. And if we can't save and get in the habit of doing that, we're never going to get there. Um, and I would say the last thing is it's a combination of a few things. So. It's about communication. So Mm. what I've noticed is that a lot of us are not really good at reaching out to people and just having normal conversations, Mm. like a check-in with a friend just to see, like, what's going on. A lot of times what I've noticed in the last five years or so is that I've been to a few funerals, and every time you go to a funeral, it's always like someone's like, damn, I was just thinking about him, but I didn't get a chance to hit him up. Mm -hmm. one the reason why you should do that is because it's important to you know just support your friends and your people around you in your circle to just know what's going on like how is everything whatever two you never know when someone has an opportunity for you that you that is just a phone call away so if you call people and you check in on them and have those conversations um you might find there might be something there for you in store um and three, it's again, it goes back to that whole community thing. We need to be able to be connected. There needs to be some co- more cohesion in our community. Um, I think that will spawn great things. Um, so if you do those, I think those kind of things are important. The networking, you know, just, just being able to connect with people is very important. We often don't do it, and we often don't um, – we don't do it in a meaningful way either, right? Right. It's so, always like, "What can you do for me? What yeah, can I do for yeah. you?" Yeah, It's not. That's not when I need to, to to be calling someone. Like, just just call people. You know, <laughs> like just check in on people. It's very important. Um, so I guess I mean those are off the top of my head. Those are some of the principles. I'm sure there's more. Um, 
be kind to people. You know, you don't want to burn bridges. That's mm. very important mm. at this point. No one has time to be burning bridges. Nobody. <laughs> like you cannot. We can't afford you it. Cannot afford to be burning bridges with people. Um. Yeah. So. Yeah. Those are. Those are I think those are some great guiding principles. Yeah. I mean, major key, save money. That is clearly yeah. up on my <laughs> up on my hard. vision board, and it is it's a hard. struggle in New York. It difficult. is very hard because there's that FOMO. You feel like you missing exactly. out. Exactly, gotta and, be there. Gotta and these freaking there. Ubers are taking all my dollars, yeah. and these new restaurants that pop up all the time, these, and it's always a happy hour. There's these all fourteen dollar drinks, man. Like, Jeez, <laughs> like it's. <laughs> And wedding seasons and wedding is coming season up. And like everybody your trips wants to and have a bachelor party somewhere. It really is. It's, it's rough. It's rough. But I think you you just gotta you just gotta be adamant about it and just say, look, set goals for yourself. You goals. know, set the goal. You know, and drink water. That's very important too. People don't drink enough water out here. That's so man. true. We be dehydrated. Some damn water, man. Dehydrated for real. Yeah. Well, thank you so much, Papa, for joining the podcast. I'm so happy. Exactly. Like this is like guys, when I say this is like my brother, this is like my brother. Every probably dating situation I've ever been in, I've had a conversation with Papa. Ain't no properly. Is, <laughs> not properly. <laughs> every every dating situation that I've been in, Papa has literally been an open ear and been like, Look, you need to look at it this way, you need to stop doing this. I'm seeing some patterns here and it's been like very helpful to have, you know, a friend, a brother. I don't have a brother. I have a sister. My sister went to school with Papa. Just mm-hmm, a mm-hmm. fun fact there. But, like, just to have that male, you know, insight and, and seeing it from both sides, understanding and appreciating the black woman, but then also saying, you know, us as men, this is how we move. This is how we're looking at things and having that balance. So, you know, cherish your your play brothers, your brothers, your cousins, yeah, whatever yeah. those male figures are in your life that are strictly platonic and can really guide you to to being a better version of yourself for you, but also for the man that is supposed to be with you when it's yeah. supposed to happen, yeah, okay? Yeah, yeah. Um, but with that being said, I usually close off the episode with a quote um, based off of my guest's fear. So the quote that I have, and this is unknown, anonymous, Um, Create a life that feels good on the inside, Mm. not one that looks good on the outside. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Cloth talk right there. Okay. (laughs) Cloth talk right there. Well, without further ado, guys, it's your girlfriend, it was Kia. I'm wishing you guys nothing but love, light, and many a blessings. Have a good fearless Friday. If you're in New York, it's going to be hot, so get out in them streets. Or if you're on the East Coast, we finally get some hot weather, so go out, get some sun. Have a good time. Treat yourself. And without further ado, we out.